Okay, so um, God gave me an awesome topic. It was weeks ago, and I didn't even realize that I would be preaching. And uh, I want to talk to you about comfort. Comfort that comes from heaven, because that's what we need. And I feel like we only talk about comfort when it comes time for, like, uh, a funeral or a loss or, uh, you know, when you're grieving something or, you know, whatever uh, sad thing you want to say. Oh, oh yes, and let's pull out the, the comfort of heaven scriptures for you. But actually, we need it daily. We need the comfort from heaven daily. Amen. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to enlighten some of you on uh, how to draw from resources from Jesus and not your own. Does that sound good? Hallelujah. Okay, because we want a lifestyle of continually being comforted by God, not just when hell is breaking loose or someone died and you're at a funeral and you hear a comfort message, then you take it on, then you drop it when everything's going okay again. You need him. Amen. I'm going to read a few scriptures to you, uh, and you can go to them or just listen to me. Isaiah 51:12 says, I, even I, am he who comforts you. Uh, uh, who are you that you should be afraid, O man, and of the son of man who will be made like grass? Okay, so who's comforting? God. Amen. Let's, let's keep going. I'm going to go to um, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Bless, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. Do you see a theme happening here? Romans 15, 5, now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus. Who is the one who is our source of comfort? God. Oh, man. Honey, you weren't kidding. I'm going to be up in the pews today. Wakey, wakey, oh, sleeper. God wants to tell you something and give you a key for your life so you stop relying on something that can't hold you up anymore. And I, and I, you know, I want to disclaim something because you can talk about comfort and the comfort of God, and God is the source of comfort. But here in the Western world, there's this weird, uh, perverted comfort that's coming out of our generation where we're relying on false comforts to be there for us instead of going to the source. And so, you know, everything in life has to be this one big comfortable bubble, hello, or else we can't function. And so in talking about the comfort of God, I want to talk about what it's not. Are you with me? Okay, because uh, in sometimes in order to understand something, you have to look at what it's not, amen? Okay, and, and I really believe that in our uh, little corner of Orange County, there's so much false comfort happening that it's actually become an idol, Everybody say idol. Okay? And let me tell you, there's nothing wrong with comfort. Amen? God wants us to be comfortable. He's the God of all comfort. But it, the, the issue arises is when comfort becomes our God, not God. And when comfort has you, not God. And, and, and what's happening, I believe, in our generation is that we build these idols of comfort that we bow down to. Come on. Okay, and, and we worship and we go after and, and, and they become sources of our strength and, instead of the source of strength. Are you with me? Okay, it's become an idol, you know, and, and, and if, if, you know, it's seeping into our church services where if everything's not perfect, life is not going well. If everything's not comfortable, I, I can't deal with the church today. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it's one thing to say, oh, everyone in the world, oh, especially Orange County, they just have to have everything perfect and comfortable, but it's right there in the church, too. Are you with me? Okay, and I wrote something down that I believe is happening right now in regards to false comfort and, and, and worshiping it like an idol. We build altars to honor our comfort. Our comfort guides us like our God should be, Okay. Our comfort zone or our false comfort ultimately controls and manipulates every part of our lives. Can I get a witness? 
Okay, but the only person worthy of that place of leading and guiding you is Jesus. And we all know that, but we subconsciously lead our lives dictated by comfort. Okay? And, it, and it, you know, it's like, so we build these idols of comfort in our lives. And in the name of comfort, it's all good. It's, it's not anything harmful, right? And sometimes we get deceived because it isn't like this major, you're not going out and slaying people. Okay, it's not this major sin, but it's still an idol. And it, it, it amazes me how we can go into the world and, you know, oh, look at that country. They worship this idol. And look at this place. They worship this idol. And right here in the back streets of Orange County, there are idols standing in our lives that we've allowed because they don't look evil. Are you with me? Okay, and we're over here judging every other thing, but actually we ourselves are bowing down to something that we're not supposed to be. Are you with me? Okay, and because we make something an idol in our lives, you worship it, you live by it, but it creates a stronghold in your mind that you, uh, you revert to. It becomes a subconscious way of living. Are you with me? Okay, and, and you know, if you are living in a, in a lifestyle of false comfort and it becomes your subconscious life and a part of your uh, belief system, anything that, uh, that uh, pricks that comfort becomes a threat. So because you're so used to living this way in your mind, things that come, come along that, are, that disrupt your comfort, you automatically label as a demon, okay, or a devil, or, oh, that weapon formed against me, it came against my comfort. Are you with me? Okay, and you end up, you end up labeling every single thing that doesn't feel right as demonic. But how many of you know God brought some stuff all down in your life that did not feel good, it did not bless your comfort, okay? But it was Jesus. But if we don't wake up to the fact that we have idols of false comfort in our lives, if we don't wake up to that being there, we will defend it instead of let God come in and tear it down and place himself as the source of comfort in our lives. Okay, because everything, everything, you know, that I see in the Bible, if you really look at the Bible, God usually uses discomfort instead of comfort, can I get a witness? Okay, well, oh, God would never make me feel uncomfortable. I just felt this very uncomfortable feeling, okay? Those of you who are really discerned, maybe you're discerning the demonic, but some of us who are still learning in our discernment who don't know, you can think that, oh, actually, this thing's a devil coming at me trying to steal my peace, steal my ease, and actually God's like, excuse me, can I just tear down a wall? Can I just smash something down? And you're like, don't touch that, God. That's uncomfortable. And you lay, because this thing, comfort is an idol in your life, you defend it and you assume everything that touches it is the devil. But when you read the Bible, God uses discomfort more than anything. Can we ask Jesus on the cross? That wasn't very comfortable. Those whips weren't very comfortable. Those nails weren't very comfortable. And here we are in our Orange County Christianity, like, oh, no, someone cut me up on the freeway. Oh, it was a devil. It's like the slightest discomfort. Oh, you, like, are annoyed the whole day because this thing hit your idol of comfort. And it's like God can't even talk to you about the deeper things because you're so touchy guarding this little idol you bow down to and let lead your life. Are you with me? Is this Okay. <laughs> I know it's intense, but it's been like bubbling in me for a few weeks. But if we can understand that actually discomfort is not always demonic, it's going to help us in our lives. And, then, and we can sometimes say, oh, maybe actually that's God trying to come in and remove an idol in my life or remove a, another lover in my life that's not him. Okay, discomfort's all over the Bible. Yes, I said, Jesus, what about Jonah in the belly of a fish? How comforting would have that been? I mean, uh, David, you know, David, you're anointed king. Okay, now go run for your life while you have javelins being thrown at you and go sleep in caves with stinky men. Oh, but you're anointed king, but go ahead and suffer in the discomfort. We don't read that David was like, God, I feel so uncomfortable. He had bad days, okay? But it wasn't that, you know, me, 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 me. Can you tell them around kids all the time? Ugh. The adult language is de decreasing. 
<laughs> and we're so good at labeling all these other things, and we like as you know, oh, that's devil. This is good. That's God. That's not. And actually, sometimes you got it all wrong. And he's purposely pushing you out of the comfort area of your life so that he can set you free. But as long as you are defending and idolizing comfort in your life, you will never have breakthrough from that thing because you are in agreement with it. Are you with me? Okay, God will use discomfort more than comfort to test you, teach you, and mature you. Okay, and sometimes it's obvious what we use to comfort ourselves, and sometimes it's not obvious, but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in to help us. Amen? Okay, and, and, but the problem is in our lives, again, because there's nothing wrong with having comfort. Like, oh, no, this is a church. They don't like anything comfortable. Look at their church building. <laughs> Look at their pews. <laughs> Look at their corded mics. They don't want to be comfortable. Or go away thinking I say you should never have any kind of comfort. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is comfort can't have you. Amen? Okay, but here we go. Uh, we know that uh, Matthew twenty two thirty seven says the greatest commandment of this is to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But some of us love our comfort. Hello? With all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, whatever is the path of the most comfort, I am taking that. Okay, and you think it's the most spiritual because God would never have anything to harm me ever. Okay, be five seconds a Christian and you figure out that's not always God. Okay, but because we've built our whole lives around this kind of uh, idolizing comfort and everything comfortable, and we get, uh, you know, like our minds, uh, strongholds in our minds, and they're built there, and we revert to comfort constantly, we become addicted to it. Okay, so you start feeding off of comfort all the time. I need comfort every, you know, it's like I won't eat it unless it makes me feel comfortable. I won't go there unless I feel comfort. It's like you're driven by a comfort mentality. Okay, and you become addicted to it. It, it starts becoming like a part of your everyday thinking, like it would never even be questioned. Are you with me? Okay, but the problem with being obsessed with like a false comfort is that it's always hungry for more. So you'll get a little comfort, and then you'll be okay at that level, and you'll be like, I wonder what it'd be like if I was at this place of comfort. And I wonder if it's like, and God's not even in the equation of your thinking right now because you think it's like a carnal, natural thing. God's not even invited in this dialogue. You're just so after your own comfort. Okay, you're so addicted. You're so zoned in on what's the most comfortable of my life. Okay, and you become addicted to it. You feed on it, and then it becomes this thing that is never satisfied. Okay, you see it when people get a lot of money, okay? They, they are like, okay, being on the, in the coach class uh, while they're flying. This is not applied to my darling husband because he's too big to fit in coach, okay? He needs something bigger, you know what I'm saying? Okay, but disclaim. Okay, but you get people, they're okay, they're totally fine, they're small enough to fit in the coach seat, it's great. And then all of a sudden they get more money and they're like, um, this is really uncomfortable with everyone else who doesn't have as much money as me. I need to go a little bit higher. You know, I need to go a little bit further up in the plane. And all of a sudden, what was comfortable, then they were feeding on that comfort, but then they're like, I need more. I want a little bit more comfort. I want to be treated a little better. I, I need a little bit more cushion now. I got used to this level of comfort. Now I'm hungry for more. And you get, you get this is all over the church, and you get ministers that will no longer fly and coach because they're better than that. Okay, sorry to say it, right? It's like, oh, well, we will not minister for you. We won't do this thing for you because we need, unless we have a first-class ticket. <laughs> because my comfort is always hungry. I need to keep feeding it. Comfort, comfort, comfort. Nothing wrong with first-class, everybody, hey? Okay, I love it. I've never been in it, but I would love it, okay? <laughs> I love walking by and dreaming. <laughs> One day, honey. <laughs> I actually really don't care. I'll coach all day long because I fit, but some people don't fit. Anyway, <laughs> my poor husband has to squeeze in there. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> Moving back to what I was saying. Comfort is always hungry, okay? So it's like you, you it's like reach a level. Of, it's almost like a little comfort in your life. I have a comfortable lifestyle. And you're like, well, what would it be like if it was even more comfortable? If I had an even more amazing this or that or even more? And again, nothing wrong with nice things. But it's this uh, driving hunger inside of you that's never satisfied because you're looking for a comfort inside your heart that will cannot be met by outside things. So you're hungry, and you're hungry, and you're hungry for more, and you're, and you're, and you're looking for a satisfaction that's never, it momentarily gets met, but it never fully gets met, and you keep scratching for more. Are you with me? Okay, and we build, so we have these idols, and they hunger for more comfort, and I want uh, comfort from all these other things, and it becomes so much of our lifestyle that we live continually in comfort zones. Everyone knows that word. Get out of your comfort zone. Proverbs 18, verse 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and are saved, okay? It doesn't say uh, comfort is a strong tower, and the righteous run it. It says the name of the Lord is the comfort place. It's the safe place, the name of Jesus, okay? But we have people building their own comfort towers and running into them and thinking that they're going to be safe in them when it's, when it's never safe. But we build our entire lives around these comfort zones. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, it's actually more like a fear zone. It's not a comfort zone. It's where fear has told you you could live, and you never go anywhere outside of it because it's too comfortable right here in your fear zone. Are you with me? It's a false comfort. It's not a reality. It's, it's like this illusion of safety, but it's not because you're controlled by fear. Okay, I, I put right down here, comfort zones are tailored to whatever fear is binding you. So someone else's comfort zone looks different to yours because someone else is dealing with a different fear than yours. So the, the fear tailors whatever in your life that you'll grab a hold of and, and confines you to a little zone that you call comfort zone. Okay, and I want to tell you a few symptoms if you, uh, <laughs> symptoms if you might not know if you have your own little comfort fear zone. Okay, you're with me? Probably some of you are already thinking some. Okay, here are some symptoms if you are, have your own little created comfort, fear, unhealthy zone. Okay, you won't try anything new because that would mean the unknown, and the unknown is scary. You never go anywhere new. You always stay in your same Trader Joe's, uh, such and such a building, you know, this, maybe this building, and you go to your five things, and you never go outside of it because it's like, whoa, outside of comfort zone. Okay, or you never try new things in the kingdom because it's the anything to do with unknown is too scary, and, and then then you start running to your uh, your your false comforts in the secret place of your home, and you run to those, and then you feel better, and the thought of the unknown goes away. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, uh, you'll never be vulnerable, honest, or accountable because you're afraid. You like your comfort zone is like I'm just just me and God, me me and nobody else. Because the mere thought of going outside of being comfortable with God and actually showing someone my life, whoa, comfort zone stops here. It stops right here. You're not allowed in here. Are you with me? Okay, you never excel because the thought of going further, it, it exceeds your comfort zone. I don't want to go out anywhere else but here. This is what I know. I'm good at what I know. I won't ever try anything further because this is my little safety zone. Okay, you never stand up for principles. Okay, because you're comfortable in what you know and what you believe for yourself, but you'll never go outside and stand up for anything because that would make you, again, vulnerable. So it makes you subject to compromise. Hello? It makes me too uncomfortable to stand up and actually say what I actually think. I'm going to be over here in this corner. Okay? Are you guys okay with this? Okay, you'll never sell out fully for Jesus because truly, like, being out of control makes you super uncomfortable. So you'll sell out like this far, and they'll be like, oh, God, you can't really have all my life because it makes me feel too uncomfortable. I'm not in control. Are you with me? Okay. Um, you won't fast because it's too uncomfortable for your belly. Do you like that one? Ooh, some of you are quiet. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> it's real, though. Okay, it's too uncomfortable to fast. I just can't do it. It's different if you have a health issue, okay? I'm not talking about that. Okay, I'm talking about you know you can fast, but you don't because you can't stand feeling uncomfortable. Are you with me? 
Okay, you can't say no to social events because you are driven and live by people's approval. It makes you feel uncomfortable when you have to say no, so you always say yes. Okay, maybe you've been a certain way a long time and you're a little bit more mature in some things and, you know, you come to certain points in your life and you're like, you know what, I'm a little bit more advanced. I'm set in my ways. Comfort zone. My parents are 70-something, and my dad is just, like, charging forward, right, Mom? Like, he's, he's been going for it for God, and, like, he, they will never stop, my parents. And it's not like he's gotten, he's like, well, I'm 70-something. I'm going to just rest, and, you know, I'm comfortable now. Uh, you know, I'm set in my ways. It's like he told me, I remember he told me, love you, Dad, if you're watching. He told me a few years ago, like, the first time he ever prayed for, like, a random person for their back to be healed. Like, the delivery guy. I can't remember who it was, Dad, but whoever it was. But I was, like, he was so proud of that moment that he'd never prayed for a stranger before. He wasn't going to let anything stop him from advancing and growing in God, no matter what his age was. And people could label my dad in his 70s saying, oh, he's set in his ways. And, you know, he's on fire to a certain point. But, like, that wasn't something that he was going to stay comfortable in. He's charging forward. Isn't that awesome? Okay? You know, and some people I put down here, it's like some people won't go further in God because they refuse to uh, disadvantage or discomfort them li their lives to go and get what God has for them. For example, like this church, I believe that so many people could be in this room, but they don't like the discomfort of the long drive or the discomfort that we're not actually by a freeway. God bless all of you who drive. Touch. Okay? But literally the whole reason why they're not here, it's not that they don't like the spirit. It's not like they don't like what we're doing. It's like I just don't, the discomfort of having to use my gas, and I just don't want to do it. And literally that's the only reason. And the devil doesn't even have to lie to you about anything. You've convinced yourself of that because you worship comfort. Well, I don't really like that the air conditioning. It's really uncomfortable because the air conditioning. I know. <laughs> Jesus. Sha. Okay. We're going to have a building with air conditioning one day. Hallelujah. We're going to be like freezing in summer. It's going to be amazing. Pulling it down, man. But that's not stopping us. The discomfort of the heat and you feel sleepy and you're, oh, my goodness. Or the discomfort of the time of our service. Come on. Who's going to win, your comfort or the driving force of your hunger for Jesus? Come on. Why do you let your comfort or your discomfort dictate where you're going to go? But these sound so little and petty, but literally they're the only reason why some people are not in this room right now. Just because they don't like the carpet or the air conditioning or the pew or whatever. Weird, crazy things. And the enemy is just like, sweet, I know exactly how to get these people. I'll just rattle their comfort a little bit and they'll immediately defend their comfort and say no to what God wants them to do. Because they're not willing to walk past the discomfort and engage. Are you with me? Okay. Honestly, people who have, have, have intense comfort zones, they pretty much won't do anything if it's not familiar to them. Does that make sense? Okay. And because now we form our lifestyle around these idols of comfort, we, we build these comfort habits to enforce the comfort. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like, okay, we guard what we want in our comfort zone, but within the comfort zone, there's these little things you do to establish that place to be your little comfort zone. Does that make sense? It's not enough to just say, oh, you have a comfort zone. Well, what goes on in there? Hello? Why is that a comfort zone? What makes that a comfort zone? What is about that thing that you are trying to make comfort your heart? Okay, and I'm going to put a, a, a few uh, comfort habits that we might form in our lives that take the place of Jesus. Are you ready? Okay, look anyone in the eye right now. It's going to be full on. I'm going to go there. Is that okay? Because God's gone there with me, and I have to answer to him, and I'm like, okay, Jesus, this is a real thing. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I preached last time, and I told you that God told me to get the static out of my life. And part of that was this. He was like, what are you going to? That's a false comfort. That's not me. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And I started looking at everything in my life that if I was stressed out, I'd go to it. If I was tired, I'd go to it. If I was having a bad day, angry, I'd go to it. And it was like, instead of him. So I was like looking at my life, seeing all these areas that I would possibly go to instead of going to him. 
I formed these like false comfort habits. Okay, so I want to point out some of them that you might be struggling with so you can get them out of your life. Are you with me? Okay, here's, here's a false comfort habit that we can do. Go to TV and Netflix, YouTube, instead of going to the Bible or spending time with Jesus. That is like almost the number one thing the Western world does to get comfort or peace again in their lives. It's like, oh, I'm stressed out. I can't deal with this. The devil's quick. Let's binge on Netflix. Quick, I just need to watch this thing so that I can clear myself. Okay. You might clear your mind for a moment that that thing's not going away. You just distracted yourself. Are you with me? Okay, so you binge on YouTube. You go video to video to video. And it can be in the name of God stuff. But you're not going to God. You're going to someone else telling you about God. Are you with me? Okay, you can go to other things of comfort. We see this a lot in the world, okay? You're using, they, people go to alcohol. They go to drugs. And, and instead of having Jesus, they have to supplement with something else because literally they have nothing else. Okay, you might go to friends instead of Jesus. You might find comfort in your job. Like your whole identity is how you do in your job, and that gives you comfort. Okay, instead of Jesus, you might be going to a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a best friend. Are you with me? Comfort food is a thing. Can I say that? I thought of that, and I just laughed at the Holy Spirit. He's like, I'm serious, it's a thing. Because people, instead of going to me, they'll be like, I just need to go. Okay, I've done this before. These are my confessions. I'm like, I just need to go to Cheesecake Factory and just get a celebration cheesecake, and everything will be okay. <laughs> Who's been with me a few times I've done that? Whitney contests, I confess. Okay, I'm like, I just need to go there. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with having a moment. But when it's in your heart and you know you're not going to Jesus and you just want to get out and go somewhere else and it's too hard and I just want a piece of cake. <laughs> you guys have seen the real me. I just want a piece of cake. Ugh. But it's, I'm looking for a comfort. Once I have this comfort, then I can go celebrate with a celebration cheesecake, right? <laughs> Always find a way. <laughs> Okay, okay, all right. Listening to podcasts, okay, you're more comfortable having someone else get a word for you instead of facing God yourself. I'm just going to lean back on the comfort of someone else's time and work with God and just receive from them. What about getting a little uncomfortable and getting on your knees and fasting and facing God yourself and getting the raw comfort from heaven instead of the scraps under the table of someone else's time with God? Are you with me? Okay, some of you are only comfortable when you're inside of man's approval. Okay, so you create habits that will cause you to be continually be accepted wherever you go. That's why you can't say no. That's why, that's why you question everything you say because you're like, oh, uh, my comfort zone is when I know I'm being approved of. Are you with me? You want to constantly, your comfort zone is when you're approved by your parents or your spiritual parents and it's like this driving hunger inside of you that's really looking for Jesus to approve you. Are you with me? Is this helping somebody? Okay, I want to talk about this one because it's really big in our uh, day and age right now, and it's the comfort that comes from social media. Okay, so we know that studies have been uh, going on now about what happens to our brains when we engage on social media. And they've, they've showing that we get a dopamine fix, like, you know, when you exercise and stuff like that, you get a dopamine fix when you engage and get likes and stuff on social media. It actually physically does something to your brain. And I believe this is one of the main areas of comfort that people go to instead of Jesus. So like, I just want to flick Facebook a little bit. Or you put a post out and get a bunch of likes and you're like, oh, I feel better. Just got a few likes. I mean, I, I've known people, because they put a post out and they didn't get likes, they, like, deleted it because it wasn't enough likes. It didn't get enough dopamine from that one. You get, it's like, it's like, and some of you are constantly on your social media. Constantly. It consumes all your time. Like, if you read the word that much, it would be like, wow, you'd be like the scholar of scholars. You know, you'd know everything. Because every second you're like, oh, I just need to flick I believe that's one of the most, the biggest time wasters that the devil is using in our generation is social media, causing us to be addicted from the comfort that we get from scrolling and liking, from seeing our cute picture on there and everyone liking our face. It's a real thing. 
And, and, and it's, it's like this addiction to the dopamine that's in it. When really God's like, excuse me, my spirit is way better than that. <laughs> excuse me. Okay? And, and, and all this stuff with false comfort that I'm talking about, it, it really only band-aids the moment of your life. It doesn't fix it. And we become addicted to it, and there's this crazy cycle. We defend our little zones. But it never does what we really want it to do. It only temporarily mutes the noise in our lives. Okay? And really, false comfort is a more of a hindrance than it is a blessing. Okay? And even, even if you, uh, you know, some of you, you're at a point where you're comfortable and it's fine and you're kind of doing your walk with God okay, but you got so comfortable that you're not actually seeking God anymore. So it's not that you're hours on social media. That's not you. You're doing mostly okay, but you've got comfortable in your relationship with God. And actually, that comfort is now a hindrance. And you need to start engaging the fight of intimacy with Jesus again and going for it because comfort is actually warring against you, not working for you anymore. Are you with me? You need to fight and charge and take authority over your own life and go after this thing. Make yourself uncomfortable by making a time each day to seek him. Amen? Don't get comfy. It dulls you. You have to constantly be hungry driving forward. Amen? Are you with me? Okay, and also what happens when you get comfortable and you're in this weird comfort zone, then you waste so much time because it delays you. You get lazy. You're like, oh, I'm comfortable, and you kind of just do nothing. And it's not, that, it's not that you're really going through a hellish thing. It's just like you're wasting minutes of your life that you'll never get back again. And then we turn around and blame God for doing nothing, and he's like, you're doing nothing. Are you with me? I've got no words to give you, nothing to confirm to you because you're being lazy, doing nothing, not seeking me, leaning on your podcast. And you want someone else to seek God for you for, so you can stay comfortable in your Christianity. Come on. And then you blame God at the end of the day. He's like, I've given you my name, my word, my blood, my spirit. What else do you need to succeed? What else can I give you? See, comfort can be an enemy, even though in our minds the deception is it's our greatest friend. Okay, and also what happens in comfort, and I'll say this, is that if you're not careful, when you get comfortable, you'll end up in sin. Okay, uh, Pastor Andrew mentioned it last week, uh, talking about David, and in 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, it talks about how it was springtime, and it was the season for the time for the kings to go to war. But David got comfortable, sent Joab, okay, and, and while he rested at home. And the very next verse says that there was Bathsheba hanging out. And he saw her when he should have been out at war. Why was he there? I believe he got comfortable. He just hung out. He's like, oh, you know, I, we can do this in our Christianity. I fought all these wars in the faith. I did all these things. It's like, it's okay for me to just chill now and neglect my responsibility because of all the dues I've paid in the spirit. But you're opening yourself up susceptible to sin because you should be fighting, warring, contending, not being comfortable in your relationship with God. Are you with me? Is this helping somebody? Okay. And honestly, this is what I believe. I believe we comfort because we, we, self, uh, we self-comfort. We use false comforts because we're really yearning and looking for Jesus. And, and, and I'm not saying, you know, having a lazy day, eating celebration cheesecake is wrong. All right? Can I get a witness? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is when that's what you go to, when hell is raising itself against you, there's a problem. Because you know better. Amen? Most of us know better. But we like to use these false comforts to numb or to mute the hell for a little bit and then distract ourselves and pretend like it never happened, but it did. And you wait for that thing to rise up again, and you oh, my gosh, there's this deep thing going on now when it could have been avoided if you just went to Jesus first. Are you with me? Okay, and there's a yearning inside of us that needs to walk daily in the comfort of God. We need to hear his voice comforting us daily, not just when someone dies. Amen? We need him being there for us, loving us, helping us when we get rejected or hurt or dealing with fear. We need that constant comfort voice. Amen? Nothing can replace it. You can try. I just listed all the ways we can try. There's more ways, I'm sure. 
Okay, but inside of you, you're looking for Jesus, and nothing will fulfill it but him. Okay, and I believe the world goes to comfort because they're trying to look for atonement for their sin. You see people all over the world. It's like they're sinning, they're, they're getting pills, they're going after things, trying to comfort, 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 because there's sin that they don't know what to do with, that they can do nothing with until Jesus washes them away with his blood. Do you hear what I'm saying? Okay, and it really comes down to this. Who is the source of comfort in your life? And I know all of you have been thinking that as I'm saying this, but I just want to ask you plain. Truly, if you were to really think, where do I go to when stuff hits the fan? What do I do when I'm really stressed out? Where do I go to? Where's the first place I go to? And if it's not Jesus, then maybe there's some adjustments we need to make in our lives. Amen? Because there is a source. He is the source of comfort. He is comfort. You actually don't need all those other things before him. Amen? Okay, and here's the irony of all of it is that we see in John 14, 16 that Jesus said, I will pray to the Father and he'll give us what? A comforter that he may abide with you forever. In this day and age, there's more comfort than we've ever had. Air conditioning, cushions, you know, whatever their comfort might be that we need. There's so much comfort. And the irony of it all is that God has also released the greatest comfort of all of our lives right here with us. And we have so many options to substitute what the Holy Spirit was sent to do for us. And we need to get to a place where we deny those things. And we say, wait a minute, I recognize this as a false comfort in my life. I'm using this instead of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, who was sent to me for this day and age. And I believe the devil wars against it. He, it's one of his tools he uses so that we, go, we won't go to the Holy Spirit. He'll be like, look at this. What's this? Use this. Jesus, turn this rock into bread. Come on. It's all these things like enticing us to pull on a comfort that will never satisfy. And it robs us. Are you with me? We can't have comfort band-aids anymore. Amen. We need to use the comforter that Jesus sent. He, God didn't choose you to be born in any other time but right now because you need to work with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? You need the comforter first. Yes. <laughs> okay, because here's the question, too, that I want to ask you. Where is all that comfort that you've invested in all other things when hell breaks loose? You've been bowing down to this comfort, your comfort zone, guarding it, then hell breaks loose. It's like, okay, where's comfort for you? Where's that celebration cheesecake for you now? You don't want to eat, we want to puke at the sound of that. You work so hard to defend these things that will not defend you in the time of trouble. That's where you need to do your work with the Holy Ghost. So that when hell hits, you're like, oh no, I've been sent the comforter who's going to be with me forever. And I've been leaning on his understanding, not mine. Come on. We got to get this stuff out of our lives. We can't just say all these other places have idols and not realize we are bowing down to our own ones we've built in our own lives. Are you with me? Okay. Because all those false comforting things will not be there for you when you need it. <sighs> right. What brings comfort? Jesus. Okay. I always got to say, who brings comfort? Jesus. Uh, and you know what? Some of you are going to have to retrain the way you live your lives. You might say, well, you know what? Cheesecake's there for me. I don't know why I keep referencing it, but here we are, okay? That cheesecake's there for me. But, like, I crowd to God and hear nothing. Okay? And that's a re very real reality that we all face. But I'm here to tell you that it's seeking God is like a muscle that you train. And you train yourself. So if you're, like, going to all these false comforts and living your life this way and occasionally having a bite of God, it's going to be hard to hear him because you haven't trained yourself to hear his voice. And we're here blaming God like he's never been there, but he's standing there going, come on, come on, come on. Why are you wasting your time over here when I've been here the whole time? We need to train ourselves. God has not shut his mouth towards you. Amen. Heaven has not closed above you. You haven't done as much, as too much sin to not be able to be communicating with God. He didn't give everything then just to push you away. Amen. Okay, but we need to train ourselves, our spiritual muscles, to feed on him. And it's really all about what you're feeding because what you feed grows. So if you're feeding all your comfort stuff, that's going to grow and be the hunger that's never satisfied. But if you're feeding your relationship with God, it's going to become stronger and you're going to be more and more satisfied. Are you with me? 
Nothing can replace your time with God. And that's the real goal of the cross is intimacy with you. Not so that you could have a great ministry or do the best you could possibly do in this life. Yes, that's good, but the main focus is intimacy with Jesus. That's why the curtain tore. That was the first thing that happened because he, he couldn't have any separation anymore between you and him. And here we are putting all these things and looking for other sources when he said, I gave all to be your only source. You got to exercise your muscle with him. You got to put time aside for him. You got to pray to God, Lord, help me to catch when I go to those things instead of you. Help me to discern myself. We all want to discern everyone else. Oh, well, I discern this preacher, blah, 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 when you yourself have all this stuff going on. Why don't we just discern ourselves first? That would help us a lot. Like, that's how I even got this message, because the Lord was like, hey, where are you going for your comfort? And, and especially being a mom, I'm like constantly on social media or whatever. I'm not anymore praise and raise, okay? But we need to get to a place where we're discerning enough to discern ourselves and where we're going for our source in life. Are you with me? Okay, time with him. Uh, get in his word. Really, how much do you read his word? Sometimes I hear when people talk and I'm like, wow, all I hear is the news. All I hear is social media chatter. I don't hear any word of God coming out of your heart right now. I don't want to know about all that stuff. I want to hear Jesus through you. And I don't know about you, and I say this to my friends sometimes. I'm like, I literally will start feeling a little depressed if I haven't read the word in a few days. It's like this weird thing that happens. I'm like, there'll be a few days that go by, and I'm like, man, I break your power, your spirit of heaviness. Get off me. You know, I'll be feeling heavy or whatever. And I, I, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, you didn't read your Bible. I'm like, oh. So I'll go and read my Bible, and literally I start feeling better. I like the, the clouds part, the sun shines, and all I did was read half a verse, like half a scripture. But something in my spirit was like, okay, it's all right. Let's clear that away. But some of us live in that heavy zone because you're getting no life of the word inside of you. Amen? Okay, also something that brings comfort is healthy community of people who have Jesus inside of them. Okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Jesus is the head, and we're his body. So you can strengthen me because of Jesus inside of you. So if you're feeling under, you need comfort from heaven, get someone who's got some Jesus in them. Are you with me? Okay, we've got to change our appetite. We've got to feed on his faithfulness. We've got to get in the word. This is all stuff we know, but we're not living it. And we, we all preach over and over, spend time with God. It's about intimacy. It's about going to him as the source. It's like well, sometimes we have to hear something a hundred times before we're like, oh, that's why I don't feel satisfied in my life, because I'm feeding on all these other things that are false comforts. That's why I feel like I'm never fulfilled. That's why I feel like I can't break through, because the Holy Spirit's now coming to a place where he's like, uh, you will go no further until you're intimate with Jesus. Are you with me? Okay, we got to be, uh, Romans 8, uh, 4b says, but we live our lives in the ways of the Spirit, guided by his power. Woo! Come on, we got to be guided by his power, not our own self-comfort. Are you with me? Okay, and in the end, really, we have to strip all the other stuff away. And if, it is, if, you, need, if you need to cut off whatever, I might have hit something that you do to false comfort or whatever, cut it off. Don't toy with it. Don't play with it. Don't wait five days to make a decision about it. Just let it go. Because if it's truly not your God, then you can. Amen? And I believe it's not any of your gods in Jesus' name. But some of you might need to smash down some idols today. Um, amen? And sometimes, too, can I say this? God can use, like I said before, discomfort to actually bring you to a point of breakthrough. So if you're feeling discomfort right now, don't be discouraged because God might be actually using it to cause you to have a moment of breakthrough. Okay? Uh, Christine Kane calls it embracing the pain of, or discomfort of recovery. She had an injury, and the doctor said, if you embrace the pain of recovery, you'll recover faster. So if you don't get comfortable and leave, I think it was ankle, or I don't know what it was. So, but if you leave your leg up and just stay comfortable and don't try and do the exercises, don't try and walk, you will heal uh, slower than if you would. If you just left it there, that's a slow healing. But if you get it down, start moving, start going, it's going to heal faster. And in our lives, sometimes we need to embrace the discomfort of God in order for us to be healed. Are you with me? Ooh. Okay, he, he is the source of everything you need in your life. Amen? And I'm going to blast you with some scriptures so we can like clear out the cobwebs of lies in your mind that says that God's not enough to fulfill you. Are you with me? 
Okay, he's got an answer for fear. He's got an answer for anxiety. Come on, how many of this day and age, everyone's on anxiety uh, pills, right? It's one of the major things attacking our generation right now. And I'm like, they're getting, they're, they're in fear and anxiety. They need the comfort of heaven. And we need to be curious of that so that we can help people in this place. Right, Veronica? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to tell you a few scriptures just to slam some lies out of your mind, and then we're going to go after this thing. Are you with me? <laughs> I promise I'm closing. Okay? <laughs> but here's the deal. Why you want to feast on the generic cheap plastic chicken thigh when you can eat the real, authentic, juicy, is anyone hungry? <laughs> Seasoned chicken from heaven, okay? Stop gnawing on the plastic stuff. It's not going to help you. <laughs> I literally have plastic drumstick toys in my house. <laughs> the kids. Just eat the real chicken that I give you for dinner, right? <laughs> right, Mom? <laughs> can you tell I'm around kids all the time, but God can use it. But the thing is, we do that in the spirit, and we think it's so funny, but you're like all out getting relationships, trying to be comforted by the world, and God's like, that's a plastic chicken leg, okay? Stop it. You've got feelings of biting. You think it's real. And moments of you feel like, okay, I'm actually eating. No, you're not. There's no nutrients. Come sit down at a table I prepare for you in the presence of your enemies. Let me feed you. But I can't if your mouth is filled with plastic. Amen. Are you with me? I'm driving that thing all the way home. <laughs> Isaiah 41.10, we know it says, do not fear, for I'm with me. Don't be dismayed. Okay, God is with you. Whether you feel it or not, we stand on the truth. Okay, we got to get off of our feelings. And we got to wage war with the truth. He's with me. So that's my comfort. Do I feel comforted? No. But I know he's with me. And in time, I'm going to feel the comfort come out of the spirit into my heart, and it manifests in the natural. But you got to stand on it and use it like your weapon until you feel it. Amen? Okay, if you have anxiety and fear, okay, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your fear, your anxiety, your burden upon him. Okay, some of you aren't getting any real comfort from heaven because you're carrying every single burden. that You, like, have to be the buff carrier of burdens of all time. It's like, stop doing that. Stop being so strong for yourself. Stop trying to comfort yourself. Stop trying to be the man or the woe man. Women do it too, like, oh, don't be the man. Like, girls are all walking around trying to be the toughest girl of all time. They just need to stop that and give that burden to Jesus. Literally, the Bible tells you to do that. Cast it on him. And you'll feel comfort come out of heaven, okay? Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, be anxious for nothing, right? Nothing. Okay, and if you're dealing with sin stuff and you're, like, trying to comfort the sin, wipe away your own sin. Colossians 2, 14 said Jesus took away all the requirements against you from what you did with your sin, and he nailed it to a cross. So don't let that torment you anymore. Take comfort in knowing he washed your sin away. Are you with me? Okay, Psalm 3, verse 3 says, he is my glory and the lifter of my head. If that's not comfort, I don't know what is. He's my glory. He's the lifter of my head. Acts 17, 28 says, for in him we live and move and have our being. Not for in my comfort zone I live and move and have my being. Are you with me? Not in my only favorite safe place I live in, no, no, in him. Amen? Are you with me? Okay, John 14, 27, said, he said, my peace I leave with you. Grab all that peace. Don't feed on no plastic leg peace, okay? Are you with me? It's, it's funny, but I keep saying it because you're doing it. Are you with me? <laughs> okay, Philippians 4, uh, verse 7 says, His peace will guard our hearts and our minds. Okay, there's an answer for everything you deal with in life. The comfort is knowing he's there for you, that his scripture is there fighting for you, and that his peace is right there guarding your heart and your mind. What else do we need in life? We use all these other things to guard our hearts and our minds when God's, wait a minute, you need my peace and comfort to do that. Because everything else is not a good guardian for you. Are you with me? Okay, but we need to, again, shift the way with the Holy Spirit, shift the way we live our life to refuse to be comfortable, but to only live and move and have our being in the comfort that he brings in that intimate relationship with us. Okay, 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how hard, how impossible it seems. You can live in his comfort zone. Amen. Which is not dictated by fear or limitations. It's dictated by his love for you. Are you getting something? Have I kicked over some golden cows today? <laughs> Hopefully. I'll leave it there. It's a simple message. I'm going to land there. But the point is this. Search your hearts. I give you homework, okay? Search your hearts. And ask the Lord if there's anything you're doing in your life that leans toward comfort. Do you have idols of comfort in your life? Is, or do you get comfort from a person instead of God, from a situation instead of God? Whatever it might be, only you can answer that before God. But he's beckoning you through this message saying, excuse me, I'm the only source of your comfort. And you'll never, ever be safe or satisfied anywhere else. You'll only be band-aided or muted for a moment until you realize he's the only place of safety. Amen. And it's really about taking the control off and letting God be God in your life. Let's stand. I hope that helps somebody. I know I went over. We just had to go it. We'll go there and do that. All right, so let's just, uh, we'll pray. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit's just been released over you, and he's going to go do some business with you. Because I can't tell you for you what you do. <laughs> That's between you and God. But what I do know is that he's jealous for you, and he won't stand for any idol in the way of your relationship with him. And if you don't don't Jesus or you're not as close to Jesus, he made a way to comfort you by his blood so that you wouldn't have to carry your sin anymore. So why don't we all pray? Lord, we thank you for this message today. We thank you for today, everything you've done. God, and we just ask that you would just breathe on our hearts right now in Jesus' name. And God, we just say wherever there might have been an idol of false comfort or we have idolized things, we've put things in the place where only you should have in our hearts, God, we just say we're so sorry. And we just pray for your help from heaven for us to just stay focused and start exercising the muscle of intimacy with you where we take time to just go to you first, not everything else. We just right now, we repent of every other lover before you in Jesus' name. Whatever form it takes on, we just repent and we do business with you, God. And we thank you that you want to comfort us. You want to be the source for us, that you love us so much. And this message is you pulling us into your heart and letting go of all the other things that don't mean anything, God. And I just pray right now for an exposing of all the lies, God, if we've been lied to, if we've been bowing down to comfort, even people hearing my voice on the social media, God, if, if they've not been here and they know they should be, I pray you'd help them, God. I pray that you'd help us to see the petty things we, we bow down to in the name of we're uncomfortable so we won't come. Come on. So, Lord, we just, we just, by faith, say yes to you and to your comfort. And we turn away in repentance from all those other things, and we turn directly to you. And we say, have our lives, take our time, discomfort us in whatever way you want to, because we know in the end it brings ultimate comfort and peace from heaven. So I just pray for greater intimacy for all of us, God. And I just pray that this would be an eye-opening, breaker moment for us. So we just say, oh, that's what it's been this whole time. I just need to go be with you, Jesus. So we just commit our hearts to you afresh right now in Jesus' name. And just help us, Holy Spirit, to navigate our lives to be able to get our comfort and our life from you and you alone, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.